if you too are obsessed with TikTok and if your TikTok only feeds you toxic dating related advice, then you may have seen this already. I'm going to break it down in a way that TikTok could never. (laughs) TikTok wishes. Welcome to Peaking. I'm Jess, your host, and maybe even your new best friend. And on each episode of Peaking, through conversations with my guests, myself, and my listeners, I'm going to be exploring those low moments in life that are actually our greatest chances to peak. It's the podcast I've been missing, and I have a feeling I'm not the only one. The type of self help that doesn't take itself too seriously. This is Peaking. What's up, fam? Thanks for coming back for episode three. Before we jump into the main episode, which there's really a lot there, there's a lot that I talk through, so I'm going to make my upfront stuff as short and sweet as possible, but I did want to talk about a few housekeeping items at the beginning, as I usually do. First of all, I'm in California right now. I'm doing a couple-week road trip by myself down the coast, and it's provided a lot of opportunity to be in my head and be thinking about way too much. Honestly, I like being by myself, and I'm comfortable with my own thoughts, but there is a point when it's too much, and I'm getting to that point. But luckily, I'm about to be in LA in a couple days where I have some friends, and I'll be staying with a friend, and she's actually going to be my next guest. So... There's a lot of fun stuff coming up, and it is fun to be recording on the road and feel kind of that inspiration around me. So a lot of the rambles and rants and musings that I share in this episode are things that I've kind of compiled, you know, with all the free time and alone time I've had over the last few days. Before we get there, I just want to say thank you for listening to episode two most, if not all of you, it seemed like, stuck around and listened again. I also want to address that in this episode, I will not be having a guest. I decided that I'm going to do every other episode just me. We're going to title this series of the episodes that are just my own, Just Thoughts, and this is volume one. I wanted to do this because I do have a lot to share from my own experiences and my own perspective and kind of like just, I don't know, connecting with you guys on a personal level by being vulnerable and opening up myself. And I'm not able to do that when I have a guest as much because I really want to make sure that I'm listening to them and giving them space to share their perspective and their story. So I decided to intersperse these episodes so that we can have a little more quality time together. Quality time is one of my love languages, so hopefully that vibes with you. Also, last thing in terms of housekeeping and just keeping you guys in the loop on where I'm at and what I'm thinking... We need a name still. So far, the top contender is Peekaboos. I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. It's a bit too cutesy for me. It feels like, I don't know, isn't Peekaboo what you play with babies? I don't have a baby. No shade to anyone who has babies. I love your babies, but they're not mine, and I'm happy about that. And (laughs) I don't know if I want that to be the name. The other runner-ups were Peekers, Mountaineers, Climbers, The Flock, which... I think several of you don't like birds. I can actually think of three distinct people I know are listening right now who hate birds. So I would hate to, you know, label you as such. So give me more name ideas or else we're going to be the peekaboos. And listen, peekaboos is cute. Many of you suggested it. It's very clever. I could shorten it to booze, 
which is kind of a term of endearment that I've used for many years with my friends. And we could sing My Boo by Usher. There's there's something there, but I just don't know if I'm 100% ready to commit to that. So keep ideas coming to me. I'm going to run a poll probably by the end of the month to decide what we're going to call ourselves. Until then, I'm sticking with fam because you are an extension of my fam. All right. That's enough of the upfront stuff. Let's get right to it. Episode three. All right. Our topic for today is dating, which may or may not be a surprise. I don't think it's much of a surprise. It's something that's come up in, I think, both of my first two episodes in one way or another. It's an area of life that, for better or worse, is... I have a hard time saying a big part of my life because I don't want it to be that way. I always prioritize trying to have a lot of other things going on and not spending all my time thinking about dating and talking about it. And I just never want to be that girl, to be quite honest with you. And so that's also a reason that I hesitated to do this topic in the first place. But at the same time, dating is something that is a part of my life that I'm working on and that I'm learning through. And where I have a lot of peaking moments, honestly. And part of what inspired the concept for peaking in the first place was, you know, dating someone for a little bit that didn't work out. And then me realizing, oh, shoot, I'm actually better off without that, without what I thought I wanted. And so I want to share some of those insights with you guys and just create a space where we can all talk about this and feel comfortable. It's something that we as humans experience And it's something that we can all kind of find common ground with. Many, many people, I won't say everyone because I never want to generalize, but many, many people are looking for love, looking for a companion, a life partner, and it's a really tricky thing to do. (laughs) And I think we can all agree on that. If you're a person who is not single, I am single, if that wasn't abundantly clear by now. Um, If you are not single, if you're in a happy relationship, maybe you're married, maybe you are already in the next phase of life having kids and, you know, building a life with your partner. Maybe you're not interested in having a partner and that's totally cool. You have other things that you're focused on right now. Maybe you're going through a breakup. Wherever you're at with this stuff, I still think that what I'm going to share in this episode is relevant. I think that we can use the stuff we learn from dating in other relationships, whether it's with family or friends. I think it has a lot to do with our relationship with ourselves. And so that's relevant for every single person. If you're listening to Peking, then I hope that that's something that is important to you. And I also think that there's opportunities to bring learnings from dating into our work lives. Like there's a lot of feeling empowered, setting boundaries, asking for what you want and going after what you want. All of that is stuff that is relevant to both. So no matter where you're at, I hope that this episode is still interesting to you, even if you can't exactly relate to my experience. A little bit of background about me. I think many of the people listening already know me, so I'll keep it really brief, but I grew up not focused on dating at all. I went to an all-girls Catholic school from kindergarten through 12th grade. After that, the college I went to was a kind of nerd school, for lack of a better way to put it, and dating was, I mean, it happened. Of course, people dated, and there was definitely hookup culture. It's college, but it wasn't a big focus for me. And I also grew up in a household where we really didn't talk about dating. 
It was never something that my parents or my family members asked me about. It was never something that we were talking about at the dinner table. I'm sure I had crushes and I I actually did have crushes. I remember my first crush when I was like three, but it's not something that was really played up a lot and not something that I was taught to spend a lot of time thinking about and dwelling on and working towards. I didn't really grow up like dreaming of my husband and my wedding and my white picket fence with my kids. Like I really, I still to this day, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I want a partner and I want that companionship. And I have, as my therapist has reminded me in the depths of my despair, I have a lot of love to give. <laughs> and so I want that, of course. I'm I'm a human being and it's like evolutionarily we kind of want that. That's another thing my therapist has reminded me. <laughs> uh, hi, Barb, if you're there. Anyway, point is I want all those things, but it's never been something that's such a huge focus in my life until recently, honestly. And I have a weird relationship with it being a big focus now, but I skipped ahead. So Once I graduated from college, I started to date a little bit here and there. I lived in Washington, D.C. At that time is when I met someone who I ended up dating for a while. So I had a long relationship for about four and a half years. And so most of my 20s, my mid-20s was spent in a, you know, committed relationship as opposed to actually dating and being out there and learning about myself through the dating process. Instead, I was, I guess, learning about myself through the relationship I really didn't reap those benefits and understand those learnings until the relationship ended. I ended up moving to Chicago for a job, thinking that my partner would follow me, and that's not the way it panned out, and that's totally fine. Now it's like two and a half years later, so it's totally fine. At the time, it was heartbreaking that that was kind of the last straw, and we broke up. There were a ton of reasons why we broke up, and that's not what this episode's about, but that was a big pivotal moment for me where everything in my life started to shift. I had been with this person for almost five years. He was my best friend for that time period. I had built my other friendships and friend groups around that relationship in a lot of ways. I kind of envisioned my future life with that person, and so... I was having to break down those things that I had built up for so long and then like find what to replace them with. And that was really challenging. It was one of my lowest time periods in my adult life. I mean, and I guess when I say in my adult life, I also mean in just my life in general, because I don't think I really had that much hardship as a kid. And, you know, I felt really alone. I was in a new city It was freezing outside. I was in a new job. I was really just kind of like a shell of myself at the time, trying to pick up the pieces and figure out how do I move forward. And I hope that me kind of diving into those feelings and emotions in this raw way um, is helpful to some of you because I think it's important to hear how other people have experienced breakups and moves and just these pivotal life moments and life changes because it's a reminder that we're not alone. So if there are any listeners out there who are currently experiencing something similar, know that it's normal. And like the ebbs and flows of your emotions during a time like that are something that I know really well and many people know really well. And it's all part of the process. It's all part of the journey of peaking, really, because now I look back on that time period and I'm so grateful for it. I needed that all to happen for this new, better version of myself to come to life and 
just really to take in all the awesome things that were around me. I love the new city that I'm in. I love the new job. At the time, it was like I was really thriving in my work and really enjoying it. I was meeting new people through that, making a ton of new friends. I signed up for a stand-up class. I mean, all of those things needed to happen for me to be here making this podcast. So it really was a peaking moment. But in, in the moment, it was really heavy. And I didn't start to actually feel conscious of like, oh, this is all a good thing. And oh, okay, I'm growing. I like it for at least a few months. Fast forward. Eventually, I decide I'm ready to date again. So signed up for the apps. I'm now 28 years old. And it's the end of 2019. And I started to date here and there, you know, kind of fun. I was so confident in myself. And that was because of that growth period that I had given myself and the time I had allowed myself to process and heal from that breakup that even when I went on blah dates with blah dudes, I was just like, whatever. I went out for a drink with a new person and got to talk and learn something about them and tell them something about me. And that's fun. So I just was in like such a good space with it, which was a really great thing to experience after not having gone on a first date in five years. And then once I was kind of really in a rhythm with that and feeling really good about it, the pandemic hit (laughs) and dating halted for a couple of months, at least for me. Once a few months passed and it became obvious that this pandemic wasn't going anywhere, I decided, okay, I need to find a way to still continue my life and meet people because, again, it is something that I want to, you know, form these connections and find a partner. And so I started to be a little more active on the dating apps again in this weird pandemic world. And luckily, we were also able to go outside and socialize safely that way. So I started to have not only some Zoom dates, but I had some walk dates, some park dates, patio dates, all that. And I would say that the last year, so during the pandemic, has been the most active year of dating I've ever had in my life. And I'm now 29 years old. That just goes to show like, you know, I've always felt a little bit insecure that I'm a late bloomer with this stuff. But it's actually awesome to be dating so actively at this stage in my life because I'm just way more like sure of myself and sure of what I want. And I think I bring a good energy to it. That being said, it doesn't mean that I'm never anxious or never insecure or never, you know, freaking out about the minutia of, oh my God, is he going to text me back? Or, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't have said that or whatever. I'm a human. I am a person who has TikTok and Instagram and uh, pollutes my mind with all of that type of information. And so, yeah, I do get into those bouts and into those spells where I spiral and I'm like really overthinking it. But whenever I take a second and pull myself back, I remember like, no, that's not what we're doing here. That's not productive. And that's where this next kind of segment of the pod comes from. I put together for you guys my peaking dating best practices or peaking in dating best practices. I don't know. The point is I want it to be best practices because I'm a former consultant and that's just the phrase that rolls off the tongue for me. I wanted to share for you these guidelines, if you will, that I've collected and I've formed for myself and they're kind of my check-ins with myself to see whether things are going well in dating or not. Some people might define whether it's going well by whether you've found the one yet. (laughs) I don't see it that way. 
dating is meant to be a practice and it's meant to be something where you meet people and you find you get to know them and you get to know yourself and you find out if it's a good match or not and if it's not on to the next one that's what dating is it's really not supposed to be this like mission oriented activity so for me the measure of success with dating is more like am i feeling good about my dating life it's not whether i currently have a guy that I'm exclusively talking to or who I think is going to ask me to be his girlfriend next week. That's probably not going to happen for a while. And if that's what you're really focused on, I don't know if I'm the person to be getting your advice from. (laughs) I haven't had that in a while, but I think I'm on track. And even if I'm not on track, at least I feel good about where I'm at. And I think that should be more of where you're coming from with how you approach dating, not to tell you what to do, live your life, go off queens and kings. I just think you're going to have a much better time if you listen up to my best practices. Okay, I want to make sure to emphasize there are no rules. So what I'm about to say are really just like overarching principles, if you will, but there are no rules. If you know me personally and send me, you know, an update on someone you're dating or someone you're talking to and ask me, should I do this or should I do that? Or, oh, I think I should do this. I think this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to tell you, There are no rules. Who told you you're supposed to do anything? That's something that my therapist catches me on a lot when I say, well, I think I should do this. And she's like, why? Because you want to do it or because that's kind of what the world feeds you and makes you think you should do? There's nothing you should do. Do whatever you want. So that's where all of this is coming from. I feel very passionate about it. I hope you hear in my voice that I'm kind of riled up right now. Let's get to it. Best practice number one, and they all kind of tie back to this one. Remember who the F you are. I wish I could say the full F word, but I'm trying to keep my rating on Apple Podcasts clean because I think I'll reach more people that way. So... I don't know. I also think it's like a good thing for me to practice not cursing as much because I really have grown to have quite a dirty mouth in my adulthood. So we're going to say who the F. Remember who the F you are. This ties in with the age old be yourself mantra that everyone feeds us and is everyone's like, oh, yeah, just be yourself. Go on that date. Be yourself. And we kind of roll our eyes and think it's annoying. But it's true. And I like to think of it a little more in terms of remember who you are because that is a more empowering way to phrase it for me, especially when I'm going through rejection or heartbreak. It's like, remember who you are, get up and go invest in yourself, go hang out with your friends, go do that hobby that you love to do. Remember who you are. The other side of that is when you're actually dating someone or interested in someone, bring who you are to the table. If you are afraid that someone's not going to like you for who you are, then you're probably not in a space to be dating right now. I'm just going to say it. I think you need to be in a place where you know who you are and that's what you're bringing to each of these encounters and people can take it or leave it. Remember who you are because at the end of the day, if you're not bringing yourself to dating, the jig is going to be up eventually. They're going to catch you in the lie, you know? I don't believe in it. I mean, of course, like, put your best foot forward. I'm not saying that you need to bring all your demons to the beginning of dating someone either, but be honest, be true to yourself. Say the things that you want to say without overthinking every single sentence or every single text. Just remember who you are. Best practice number two, care less. This might also be a little bit controversial because 
I don't want you to think that I mean you should pretend to care less. There's this whole game in modern dating where each person pretends that they don't care by like being late to respond to a text or not saying how they really feel or not being truthful about what they're really looking for. And everyone just acts kind of like, oh yeah, because I just like don't even care. I couldn't even be bothered with this. No, if you care, then show that you care. That goes back to best practice number one. But in general, especially in the early stages of dating, I think that we need to practice actually caring less about the minutia and the little things and it'll help you stop overthinking every single thing that happens. So if you want to say something, say it. If you feel, do whatever feels good to you. Don't overthink every text. Don't overthink when to send it. If it's funny to you, send it. If it's truthful to you, send it. Care less about what the other person thinks. I think that's really more what I'm getting at because you can't control what's happening on their side. You can only control what's happening on yours. So if you feel good about what's happening on your side and that's what you're putting out there and you don't care what the response is, you're going to be a lot happier and a lot more resilient. So care less. Best practice number three, have fun. Also seems pretty basic, but I think that there's something to it. I often check in with myself during these trials and tribulations of dating, am I having fun? If the answer is no, if I'm too consumed with anxiety all the time, or I'm just trying to fill a void by talking to all these random people and going on dates with all these random people, or I'm feeling like it's more of a chore than anything else, then none of that is fun. I need to acknowledge that I'm no longer having fun, and then I hit pause. Maybe I delete the dating apps for a while. Maybe I just kind of ignore them and make other plans and make sure that I'm living an enriching life in other ways and in ways that bring me back to myself and bring me back to fun. And then I can re-enter the dating world with that mindset. I just think in general, first of all, we're all more attractive when we're having fun. And again, we bring more of ourselves to the table. We care less, like kind of all ties in together. But at the end of the day, I think that we need to be more focused on the journey and enjoying that journey, then we are focused on the outcome. So I I personally think that dating to get from a means to an end is not fun and it's tiring and you're going to be let down a lot if that's the way you approach it. It doesn't mean you can't, you know, have an idea of what you want. I think we should all be clear a little bit about what we want, what we're looking for, what our expectations are, what our standards are, but have that in the back of your mind. Don't make it like what you lead with. What you lead with should just be a good attitude, and being yourself. Okay, a few more best practices. Number four, it's not you, it's them. I don't think anyone's actually broken up with me using that phrase before. I've used it, like not really breaking up with someone though, more like after two dates telling someone that I'm no longer interested in seeing them. And you know, I always pull the it's not you, it's me. I don't say those exact words, but I definitely kind of approach those conversations that way because it's true. Like I have enough self-awareness to know that if somebody doesn't work out for me, whether it's up to me and I'm the one that decided that or whether it's up to them or whether it was kind of a mutual thing, if someone ghosts you, if someone dumps you, if they're not enough for you, whatever it is, that's more about them than it is about you. Everyone brings baggage to dating everyone's timing is different. It's so hard for all of that to line up and 
result in an actual like long-term relationship. And so it really is a lot of the time just them. Their timing's not the same as yours. Their priorities aren't the same as yours. Their emotional awareness and emotional availability doesn't match up with yours. And that's not to say that there's nothing for you to learn from it. Of course not. That's not to say that you were perfect and that you're ever perfect and that there's never anything that you could be doing better. It's not to put all the blame on someone else. It's more just to say like that person was not right for you. That wasn't your person. And I know that some people really don't like when people use the term like my person or your person, but you get what I mean. It didn't line up and there's a reason for that. It wasn't right and it's because you and that person are not right. It's more about them than it is about you. Find the person that's right for you. Best practice number five. This is the last one. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, this is a big one. And if you too are obsessed with TikTok and if your TikTok only feeds you toxic dating related advice, then you may have seen this already. I'm going to break it down in a way that TikTok could never. (laughs) TikTok wishes. Your gut can feel like anxiety. So everybody's always telling us like, listen to your gut. What's your gut telling you? And it is so impossible, especially for I think millennials who we tend towards more anxiety and it's really hard for us to trust ourselves and feel our intuition a lot of the times. I I think there's a lot of different reasons that our generation is that way and that's a whole other conversation, but it can be really hard to like move past all the stuff that's going on and just figure out where's my gut and what's it saying. I've learned over my dating experiences and the relationships I've been in that your gut can feel like anxiety or anxiety. Often what we label as anxiety is actually our gut telling us that something's wrong. If you're feeling so anxious about whether a guy is responding to your text, if you're you know, living your life kind of just always thinking about dating, always wrapped up in a need to be, to have that attention or to have that approval or to make sure that you still are holding on to someone's interest. That's a lot of the time a reminder to us that maybe that's not the right person for you or maybe we're not bringing the right energy to dating and we, you know, are in a space where we shouldn't be doing it right now. It's your gut telling you something. It's I've been in positions where I've thought to myself, oh gosh, I feel so anxious dating this person and it has nothing to do with him. It's all me. It's because of like past traumas that I've been in and they're, they're making me really anxious because he's doing this thing that triggers those past things that other people have done to me. Okay. Um, hello, ma'am. Like, If he's triggering something that causes anxiety in you, then he's probably not right for you. It's not you being wrong for feeling anxious. It's your body literally reacting and telling you like something's off here. This isn't, this isn't it. This ain't it, sis. I will also, you know, kind of give a a side note to that, which is I've been in therapy for a long time. It's something that has helped me a ton with my anxiety where I feel anxiety way less than I used to. And I, you know, I owe a lot of that to being in therapy. So if you are not in therapy or not, you know, if you don't have other methods for managing your anxiety, maybe it's meditation, maybe it's exercise, whatever it is, then, okay, 
figure out your anxiety. I'm not saying that whenever you feel anxious, it's your gut and you should ignore anxious feelings. Not at all. But I do think that there's something to like the environments that we put ourselves in and the relationships that we involve ourselves in that do trigger that kind of nervous response and just tap into whether it's anxiety that needs to be addressed or it's just wrong. It's the wrong fit. All right, that was a lot to get through, but I think I did it in a decent amount of time. I hope that this was enlightening. Maybe enlightening is too strong of a word. I don't want to kind of be that confident about it, (laughs) but I hope this was insightful for you. I hope that you related to it in certain ways. I hope that those of you who, again, are not single and not in the same boat as me right now might still take some of those best practices and apply them to other aspects of your life. Let's just run through them one last time. Remember who the fuck you are. Oops, I just said that word. I just said it. Ah! Two, care less. Three, have fun. Four, it's not you, it's them. And five, your gut can feel a lot like anxiety. I think that one I need to shorten and make a little more quippy. Anyway, those are Peking's dating best practices. I think that they're just best practices for life. I think they're best practices for living your best life, for loving yourself, for leading with the best version of yourself and for peeking through stuff that's hard like dating and breakups and relationships that are wrong for you and jobs that are wrong for you and friends that are wrong for you and you name it. (laughs) So that's all. I'm gonna go lay in the California sun now. Ooh, did you hear that train? Currently I'm in Santa Barbara. I've recorded this episode in multiple different locations so hopefully that's made you guys feel a bit of wanderlust um but yeah i'm gonna go because there's a lot of noise okay bye happy thursday or whatever day you're listening to this if you want more peeking make sure you're subscribed so you get notified whenever a new episode goes live you can find peeking on pretty much anywhere that you listen to your podcast so apple Podcasts, spotify and so on Bonus points if you rate and leave a review. That would really mean a lot to me. And finally, follow Peking on Instagram at Peking Podcast. I'm there every day and I'd love to hear from you. That's all. Thanks, fam. I hope that I'll keep making it interesting for you and you'll keep coming back for more. Sorry, I just got a text. I'm literally not gonna, I'm not gonna go back and re-record over that. you Whatever. I'm popular. I got a text. Sorry.